Tony Gonsolin might miss opening day. Mookie Betts might play more at second base than you think. And Max Muncy almost quit the Dodgers back in the day. That's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. You are locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get today to get started. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers and subscribe in each of those places and you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time listening or watching. I'm Vince Samperio. I'm usually joined by co-host uh, Jeff Snyder, but he's out today. So just me, we're both lifelong Dodger fans that currently cover the Dodgers. I spent a lot of time at Dodger Stadium over the years and have basically made the Dodgers a daily part of our lives and trying to get to make ourselves a daily part of your lives. We're bringing you the smart fans perspective every weekday morning, every Monday through Friday for about 30 minutes. And that's what we're here to do today. Dodgers. Tied last night in the game against the Mariners. It was 0-0 until very late in the game. Dodgers put up a run, allowed two runs in the top of the ninth, and then scored one run in the bottom of the ninth uh, to end in a 2-2 tie. The biggest story of the day, though, goes... We, we knew Tony Gonsolin had injured his ankle, and the initial thought was that it wouldn't cause him to miss opening day. Dave Roberts said that he was already pretty much or he was built up to a good spot to where, you know, opening day maybe wasn't in jeopardy. Uh, X-rays were negative, no fractures, but it does appear that it's going to be a little bit more than they thought initially in terms of him, him being out. Robert said, I think he's still swelling, obviously still tender. We had an X-ray to roll out any type of fracture. Now I guess it's just day to day. Obviously it's going to be a few days before he picks up a baseball. Every day that lingers is going to cost us on the back end. And he said, I don't want to get ahead of it. It's not something we feel good about right now. We'll just kind of see how it goes each day. So yeah, a little bit different tune than the day before. And, you know, obviously not a huge deal. If there's no fracture, um, they might have to do an MRI to see if there's any ligament damage. Once the swelling goes down and if it doesn't improve, hopefully there's no damage there. And if not, then it's not a huge deal in terms of gonsolin for the season uh you know sprained ankles are, are tough to get over but usually you get over it eventually and then once so once he's over it, he'll be ready to go and start throwing again but the matter is for opening day that's what's in question and maybe even a little bit more after opening day so if tony gonsolin is not in the starting rotation on opening day who could be in that starting rotation opening day and one answer is the guy that pitched for him in yesterday's Cactus League game, which is Michael Grove. Michael Grove made his fourth Cactus League start yesterday. He's thrown a total of nine innings, given up one run. He gave he pitched three innings yesterday, uh, struck out a couple, gave up one hit, 26 pitches and in three innings of work, so very efficient. 
And now, like I mentioned, a guy that's up to four starts, nine innings, one run allowed, uh, seven strikeouts in those nine innings. And, yeah, I think obviously Ryan Pepio is the more heralded prospect. And, you know, Bobby – so in that sense, Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone as well, but they are on the 40-man roster. And you're not going to bring them up if you just need a couple starts here and there. So it really comes down to Michael Grove and Ryan Pepio for replacing Tony Gonsolin on the opening day roster if it comes to that. And honestly, I think if you kind of have to monitor it, but if it's only going to be like two to three starts, I might go with Michael Grove just for the simple fact of he's not as heralded a prospect as Pepio. He's not, you know, you're not taking care of him as much you're not looking out for him as much yeah you're still looking out for him but as we saw last year I mean when he made his debut it kind of came out of nowhere because he was one of the only arms that was available that had the the right amount of days rest at the time um and you know if, if you're gonna come up and make starts no matter what then it's not the same as coming up and you don't know what you're gonna be doing or as like for a position player if you know let's just say someone got hurt and you need a position player for two weeks to start the season, you know, and if you're going to play every day, then yeah, it's a different story. But if it's uh, more of like a bench role and somebody gets hurt in a bench role, then you're probably going to bring up a guy that either a veteran or not as heralded a prospect because you want your prospect playing every day, if that's the case. And and that's kind of what it is here. But I think regardless, you're, if you're going to need two to three starts, it doesn't really matter if it's at AAA or AA. So that's what brings Pepio back into the mix. But I think Grove has looked really good this spring. I think, and so has Pepio, to, to be fair. But I think with Pepio, you know, the plan for him eventually is to be in the starting rotation and for the Dodgers on a, you know, pretty consistent basis, if not every day or not, you know, the actual rotation. Michael Grove... You know, I don't know what the Dodgers have plans for him. They're, and if realistically, if all the arms progress the way they do and the arms that they already have and Clayton Kershaw comes back every year until he doesn't, then, you know, Michael Grove, there's not a foreseeable chance of him being in the rotation. You know, and, and let's just say, even if the Dodgers don't resign Julio Rod- or not Rodriguez, Julio Urias, you know, next year they'll still have Bueller, they'll still have May, they'll still have Kershaw, and then they'll have Pepio, and then another year under their belt for Miller and Stone. And realistically, Michael Grove probably doesn't crack that. But if you want to see what he got and and see if what this what he's been doing during the spring is actually relevant, then yeah, I think Michael Grove should be that guy getting the two or three starts and, and get him going. But like I said, if he's gonna make two or three starts regardless. Ryan Pepio being that guy, not a big deal. The other part of it is that with the option limit, you know, the, the amount of times you can get optioned up and down, that might also be a part of it. And, you know, with Pepio, you don't want to waste one of those chances on some spot starts. Now, if it's going to be three or more starts, then I wouldn't call it a waste. But if it's going to be two starts or less, I don't know if you want to, you know, use that option right away for a guy like Pepio or with a guy like Grove. You know, eventually down the line, let's just say Grove is close to being out of options. You can keep him on the roster because he can work out of the bullpen or he can be your swing man or he can make spot starts or whatever the case is. Pepio, for his development, they want him to throw pretty much as many innings as he can this year. And if at some point, 
you know, you bring him up early and then toward the end of the year, you know, he's out of options and now you have to use him in a bullpen role that you weren't necessarily trying to use him as. It's not going to make sense. So I think for me, it's, it's Michael Grove. If it's maybe three starts or less, two starts or less, if it's going to be a little bit more, you know, more extended than that, then I would, you know, imagine Pepio gets the call for opening day, but we're still a couple weeks out from that, uh, from seeing where that is, but that's just the thoughts I have on it. I think Michael Grove has made a pretty strong impression so far this spring, and he'll probably get at least two more starts this spring if things go keep going well. Um, and, you know, Pepe will get a start tonight, so we'll see how – or today, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, uh, that's where we're at. If Gonson has to miss time, I think it's Grove and Pepio, and depending on the situation is depending who gets that call, so – that's going to do it for talk on the, the rotation if Tony Gonson has to miss. Now we're going to talk about Mookie Betts and Dave Roberts. An interesting comment Dave Roberts made about how much, just how much we're going to see Mookie Betts at second base this year. Before we get into that, let's talk about FanDuel Sportsbook because today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. You can bet on player points, player assists, player rebounds, etc. And they even have some exclusive bets like the 2 by 3 which is two three-pointers in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The Lakers don't play till Friday, but if you're looking to put a bet, put a, put some money on Anthony Davis to hit some overs. He's been on fire the last uh, week or two weeks since LeBron's been out, putting up more than 30 points, more than 10 rebounds, pretty much every game. Check out what his stat, or check out what his numbers are, and maybe put some numbers on the over there. So go check that out, and don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon. That's Fanduel.com/slash/lockedon to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, so Mookie Betts and second base has been a topic of conversation so far this spring, and it's coming up again in an interview that Dave Roberts did with Tom Verducci. He kind of mentioned what he believes the plan is for Mookie Betts this year, and honestly, I was a little bit surprised just the way he broke it down. He said, on best playing second base this year, he said, quote, it's real. The way I envision it, Mookie starts about 40 games at second base and 110 in the outfield. And then they followed up with and 10 as DH. And he said, no, he doesn't like DH 10 days off. Now, if you would have told me that my Mookie Betts was going to play 40 games at second base, I would have believed you, but I would have been surprised. And that's exactly what I am here. And my only question with this is, you know, I don't mind it. We've seen Mookie play second base. Obviously, he's been very vocal about second base so far. Uh, even just this spring, he's been pretty vocal about second base. He says, people really miss the point, which is like, that's my whole life. I did not play the outfield. I played two weeks before I did it in my MLB debut. That's the only time I played there. So I think it just kind of gets missed. I still don't see myself as an outfielder. I see myself as an individual still. I mean, I'm just good. Obviously, I work hard. If I'm going to play outfield, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. I've been out there for nine years now, so it's kind of easy to miss. 
But yeah, all through my life, that's where I played infield. The only time I'm going to go to the outfield is when the game starts. But I take ground balls at short every day. And like I said, I don't have any issue with Mookie Betts playing second base that often. Um, but my only question or my only thought is or my main thought is, what if Miguel Vargas is legit and can hit very well? And what if the outfielders don't hit very well? And I think that's an easy question. I think if that's the case, they're going to say, you know what? Sorry, Mookie, we need you in the outfield. Mookie's really hidden down here. And, you know, we don't really have guys to bring a good bat in the outfield. But if, you know, so I'm kind of torn. Do I want to see Mookie Betts play second base? Yeah, sure. I don't, you know, but. Does that mean Miguel Vargas is shrugging a little bit, or does that, you know, I guess it could go the other way. It could be the fact that the outfield is, you know, good. You know, David Peralta's hitting, Jason Hayward's hitting, and, you know, James Altman's hitting, and Chris Taylor's hitting, and, and then they're, they, you know, they need to open up some spots for those guys to be able to get some at-bats, and that would be ideal, but to, I don't know, for me, it's like to put that many games at second base without even knowing what you have yet, offensively at second base is just interesting. And and like I said, if it comes to the point where Miguel Vargas is raking, you know, rookie of the year candidate hitting very well, I don't see them moving him off second base too often, especially if the rest of the outfielders aren't hitting, you know, the guys that aren't hitting. So whatever the case is. But I also wonder, you know, would they play – Miguel Vargas has been exclusively at second base so far this spring. Uh, we know that he was working not exclusively, but mostly at second base throughout the offseason. Now, let's just say, you know, they want Muncie to get a day off. Are they pushing Vargas over to third base? Do they trust him over at third base, even for one game or, you know, one game a month, two games a month, whatever the case is? I don't know. I can't say for sure. But that's possible. Do they trust him in the outfield? Like, let's just, I don't know. Like, it, I don't think it would be worth it to switch him and Mookie right in second base. Like, you know, I don't, or even, or put him in left, put someone else in right, put Mookie at second. I don't think that matters. Or I don't think that'd be something that's beneficial to them just to get Mookie some time at second base. But I guess these are all thoughts that, that they're going to have and all thought and, you know, things that are going to go their way. The one thing is, like, if there is a tough right-hander and let's just say Vargas, you know, either doesn't match up well or whatever the case, then they could put Mookie at second and they could, you know, they do have more lefties out in the outfield just, you know, considering if for sure Peralta, for sure Hayward, maybe Outman. Um, you know, Trace had reverse splits last year if he ends up making the team again. So there are ways to, you know, get Vargas some days off, but – 40 days off is a lot different than, you know, like 10 days off or 15 days or even 15 to 20 games off. 40 games off is a huge difference. So I think for me, it's if Vargas is hitting, sorry, Mookie, you're going to have to stay in the outfield because we got a guy that can play second base and that is hitting. And that's just the way it goes. But either way, it, it you know, the article kind of mentions about about Judge and and how the report was that Mookie would be willing to move to second base if the Dodgers got Aaron Judge, and Mookie didn't admit to it. He said, yeah, that probably sounds like something I said, but, hey, that was going to be a tough get. Um, 
Another note, Mookie said he didn't make a recruiting pitch to Dud, but Bet said, no, I don't do that. I want guys to do whatever's best for them and their families. But this just does bode well for the future of, you know, the Dodgers don't have to necessarily handicap themselves in position-wise. You know, if they there's an outfielder that they like that they can go after, then they can feel comfortable going after him because they know Mookie can play infield. Now, now, obviously, the thought crossed my mind, you know, with Mookie mentioning that he takes ground balls that short and he's been taking ground balls in the infield with Team USA. Is there a possibility Mookie Betts can play shortstop? I would, I would I'm going to guess no, just for the simple fact of it's one of those where he has the arm strength, but most of the time when we see that arm strength shown off in the outfield, it's with momentum behind him. Um, or, you know, getting his whole body behind him where he doesn't necessarily have that luxury every time he plays infield. Like, you don't always have time to get your, all your weight behind you or, you know, even distribute your weight properly. So, I don't know, you know, does he have the arm for short? I don't know. Um, obviously, he's taking ground balls there, so he can at the very least make the routine play. It, it just gets your you know, the wheels in your mind turning. Like, can Mookie play, play shortstop? Can the Dodgers get away with this? But uh, it's not going to happen now. It's not going to happen in season. I get, and then, you know, they're spec- expecting to get Lux back next year, and I wouldn't imagine, in theory, him going to be the shortstop. So it wouldn't matter. But let's just say, like, Lux had hurt himself in November, December, and, like, some freak accident with the Dodgers – have said okay we're going to get best player available whether it's shortstop whether it's outfield and if it's an outfielder we're going to ask Mookie Betts hey do you would you do you think you could play sick or shortstop I don't know but like I said it's just a fun thought to think about and you know I'm sure in a pinch like let's just say there's a game this year where late in the game you know I don't want to put injuries but if something happens late in the game where they either run out of position players or, or somebody has to come out or whatever the case is, and they need a shortstop in a pinch, I would, I would imagine he can play there. And now I'm, I'm not rooting for that because that kind of means there's an injury. I, there's not really too many times where Dave Roberts going to play himself out of healthy position players or out of position players in general, especially with the DH. But if it happened, wouldn't mind seeing what Mookie can do a shortstop. Just for the simple fact of it, like I said, it got my mind running. So, all right, that's it on Mookie Talk in the infield. We're going to finish up with Max Muncy, and uh, he was on a podcast. He talked about we, – we know his his journey to the Dodgers, but we, I don't think we've heard this story about his journey even with the Dodgers uh, and how that turned out. So that's what we're going to finish up with. Thanks for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. And we'll be here talking Muncie. All right. So we know Max Muncie. If I mean, for the most part, most of us know his story. You know, he was with A's struggling. Um, they let him go. The Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal. And basically, he was let go from the A's. He was on his couch. The Dodgers called him up, signed a minor league deal, and then as far as we know, once he came up with the Dodgers, he's been here ever since and, you know, hit 35 home runs in multiple years, has had big clutch home runs in the postseason and in the World Series and everything else. Uh, Max Muncy was on the new, there's a new show called Foul Territory Show. Uh, that's, I believe it's a daily show. 
and he was talking with former MLB catcher Eric Kratz and talking about his time with the Dodgers specifically. And he, he said, quote, at the end of 2017, I was pissed. I didn't get called up after having that year. But at the same time, I also understood because when you looked at that team they had in 2017, there was no spots to be filled. There was no reason to call anyone up. The only spot that needed to be filled was they needed a shortstop because Seager's arm was hurting, and that's when they called up Charlie Culberson. Now, that year, Muncie, he signed in April of that year, and in AAA that year, he hit over 300, had an OPS over 900. Seemingly, for him, good enough to at least warrant a consideration to be called up, uh, but he wasn't called up. The Dodgers that year didn't necessarily really need to call up a lot of guys they were cruising you know that's the year that they won 100 plus games they were so far up in the division that even though they lost 16 in a row in september they still won the division very easily and yeah i mean they, they were a stacked team they, they even if max muncie had got called up he wouldn't have got more than a handful of at bats and it, it seemed like even then that's all he kind of wanted uh but he went on he said so the baseball mind in me completely understood why i didn't get called up in 17 but I was also mad about it. So I didn't really want to sign back with them coming back into 18. They were like, why don't you want to sign back? And I was like, well, I didn't get a chance to even just come up in September and even just play a game here or there after the year I just had. I'm going to go somewhere I can get a chance. Now, like I said, I don't think we've heard this story before, but it's interesting because, you know, it sounds here that at the very least, no matter – you know, I don't know how strong the thought was in his mind, but he had the thought and told the Dodgers that thought of he didn't want to return because they didn't give him a chance. And it's one of those where he already mentioned that it made sense to him why he didn't get called up and why, you know, the, the 17 team didn't really need uh, a lot of September call-ups or really didn't need people to get called up. They were already pretty stacked. But, you know, imagine if he had left. Like the the entire trajectory of the Dodgers – kind of changes because you can't guarantee you're getting 35 home runs from a player or even two players next in, in 18 or 19 or, you know, whatever the case, you, you don't, they don't make the world series in 18 without him. They don't, you know, they don't win all those games. So these other years without him. So it, it's a interesting thought, but he went on to say, but the more reasonable mind I had kind of spoke out and said, you're comfortable here. You just had a great year and there's something to be said about being with an organization that you're comfortable with. that was willing to give you a second chance. So I stuck it out. And, you know, I've, I've, as we've seen with the Dodgers, as we've heard with the Dodgers, just in general, the organization gets a lot of praise from, you know, from spring training, from minor leagues, from just everything about it. You know, they have a plan, they have, uh, even the food, you know, they were one of the first ones to kind of have the, the food handles for the minor leaguers and, and putting these guys on, on not diets, but, you know, having the food ready for them. That's more than just, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Uh, the player development obviously speaks for itself. They've had a lot of players come up through the system and, and do well. And, you know, the, the second chances or, or letting guys, you know, develop in the way that they need to or, or work on the stuff that they need to, you know, Justin Turner, Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, all these guys that, have overgone swing changes or been given second chances or, or even, you know, whatever, whatever, however you want to say it, the Dodgers have, have 
that player development. They have that system. They have that organization where we hardly ever hear anything negative about the Dodgers in terms of organization-wise or process-wise or player development-wise. So for Muncie, you know, I'm glad he's a smart guy in the sense of he realized, okay, these guys gave me a second chance. I had a really good year after not having good years in the past. Maybe this is something I need to stick out. You know, them not calling me up wasn't necessarily a personal, you know, nothing personal against me. It was more based out of, you know, necessity. They didn't have a need for me. And it, it made sense uh, that they didn't really have to call me up. But yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that you hear now and you're like, man, that it would have been, you know, what would have happened with the Dodgers and, and who would have filled that role and what they have had to sign somebody or trade for somebody or, you know, what other things that they would have to have done in order to get that same production that they got from Max Muncie. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Muncie's been very candid about his journey. And, and honestly, the last couple of years, he's really been very candid in a lot of interviews and, and, and really, you know, respect his honesty and, and you know, the way he, he goes about it with the media. So this just adds to that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where – and for his life, you know, for Max Muncie, what if Max Muncie does leave that team? And what if the next team that he goes to – does promise him playing time, but not necessarily fostering the, the continued growth that he had. And, you know, now he's in the majors struggling and then going to back down to the minors and struggling. And then, you know, he, he's back to where he was when he came up with the A's and, you know, wasn't very good. And boom, ever since then, he's been, you know, top 15 in MVP three out of three, three of those, what, five years he's hit. 35 30 at least 35 home runs three of those five years he's you know basically been he's been an all-star two of those five years he's been an above average player for the dodgers you know aops plus of 127 in his time with the dodgers 139 home runs 367 rbi you know 91 doubles it's it's an incredible story for him and you know you've just adds to that moment with the fact that he mentioned that it, it might not have happened so uh interesting story from from muncie but it did all happen the dodgers are happy about it we're happy about it max muncie's happy about it and all is well he's hitting well this spring and hopefully he can continue that into the regular season and kind of forget about the struggles he had early on last season so that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball for your next listen. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. You can also find us by searching for Lockdown Dodgers on Twitter and Instagram. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. The DMs are open on all those accounts if you need to get a hold of us. You can also get a hold of us via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.